Most weeks, we during the time of teaching, we have we open up the Bible and we have a time of teaching just from God's Word. But this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. And so, um, for, since 2011, we've had an amazing partnership with some men and women in Eastern India. And so, God allows us to, to cross paths with this man named Pius Day and his wife Sharbani and their son Pushpam. And Pius is co-laborer, co-advancer in the kingdom. This woman named Jayshree Francis. And so all the way from Kolkata, India, they flew in Friday night, and they're going to be with us for the next 11 days. They're going to be here for birthdays next Sunday. They're going to be here for our baptism and worship night. And so what, what we wanted to do today, instead of having a time of teaching the scriptures, we wanted to, to uh, just give them time to, to share some of the things that God is doing um, in, in Eastern India, some, to, to open our eyes up to some of the things that God's doing all over the world. And my, my, my hope is that we're also encouraged, that we're also inspired, to, that as we listen to things that God's doing in their heart, it just propels us to keep going harder and faster after the kingdom. And so I want to invite you, will you um, join me in welcoming Pius and Jay Cherie this morning to... All right, you guys come over here and have a seat. So Pius and Jay Cherie, we were already at Hillsborough Village. You guys come on, have a, have a seat over here. We were already at Hillsborough Village this morning, so we're kind of going back and forth. We're trying to make sure all of our, our churches get a chance to interact. Yeah, sit right there. You can sit wherever you want. You can sit right here, P.S. You tell me where to sit. I'll sit where. Um, and so it's been, a, it's been a fun morning already getting to be at Hillsborough Village, letting them share. And so um, Nana and Dolly and Jill um, and several others maybe have, have gotten the opportunity to, to go to India. But last year, Nana and Brooks and I got to go and visit and, you know, I was, I didn't know much about India and maybe that's kind of your story. Maybe you're, you're new here to Ethos. Maybe you've been with us for a long time and you're very familiar with, with what kind of our partnership is with, with, with our pastors in, in India. Um, but, but what stood out to me, and I hope that all of you get to go and visit one day. And um, because the, the thing that stood out to me about them is just their hospitality. Like they know how to hit pause on their life to, to make people feel and know that they're valuable. And, and we can learn a lesson from, from them in America, no doubt, how um, to, to treat people. Um, and so personally, they're, they're hospitable. They're so unbelievably loving. And that's what stood out to me about, about your hearts. Um, you're courageous. Um, you're, 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 you're just everything and, and so much more than I could even imagine having a partnership with people in India. And, and, and I look at who you are, but, but more than just who you are, what the work that you're doing and it'd be enough if you just knew that about them. But to see the scope of what they're getting to be a part of, that, that they lead eight churches, that their Sundays are crazy. They're driving all over the place, driving hours to visit different churches, to preach and to worship. It's unbelievable. They lead eight churches. They're, they're, um, they, they've started an organization called Seed that kind of oversees all of what they do. And they feed hundreds of kids a clean meal every day. They're going to talk about that a little bit. They, they, they send kids to school. That It's not like school here where you can just go to public school and get education. It's not that same way in India. You don't get to go to school if you don't have money as a family. So they're putting hundreds of kids through school. They, they've, they're training up women that are at risk, um, how to be vocationally trained so they can provide for their families, um, so that they can kind of rise out of this. They're, they've created these dream homes where at-risk boys and girls are, are taken out of really dangerous situations and put in these homes where they can be discipled in the ways of Jesus. And, and, and to see the scope of what they're doing, it's amazing. But I know they didn't start that way, right? And so um, what, what is now, that it didn't start that way. And so will you kind of take us back to the beginning? What was it that, that God was doing in your heart um, that, that made you want to start seed and where, where things are today? 
<coughs> well, uh, the greatest motivation was uh, God uh, because we both were working in compassion, uh, having full-time job, uh, very well settled, uh, good salary and everything. But in 2005, uh, we went for a conference uh, which says advancing leadership skills for evangelism. So that's the first time uh, we started thinking about not only doing work uh, for some organization is enough, but reaching people with good news is much more important things what, which we need to do. And uh, we started praying, the 10 days we started praying for that, and we are human. So we came back, and again, back to normal, we started working. But God didn't. He really wanted us to do something. Then in 2009, we started passing a slum, which uh, was on the way to our office. And in the both different timings, but God started speaking to both of our hearts, that why can't you start something which I wanted you to start? Uh, which I want you. We were not very sure about what he wants us to do. We were not even sure about how we will do it. But one thing we were very sure about was God is asking us to leave the comfort zone and wanted to hear, listen to his voice and just obey. Uh, so it was a tough decision to obey, but we felt that obedience is better than sacrifice. So uh, just responding to God's call was the first uh, primary reason we left. Now, when we left, that time we didn't have any supports. We didn't have what we have now, but we had the, just the dark uh, road ahead of us. But we knew that God is calling us, so we left compassion, left the comfort zone, and started listening to what God wanted us to do. So slowly and steadily, he took us forward one step at a time, showed the way. And I mean, we are so glad now we, if we look back, we are so grateful that we obeyed that day. Because if we wouldn't have obeyed that day, we wouldn't have done uh, the work which we are doing now. Uh, investing in lives of people. That is such blessing of investing in the lives of people and uh, sharing uh, with them and giving them uh, resources of abundant life in Jesus. So, PS and Jay Shree, we're both working at Compassion International. Many of you maybe even sponsor kids. You're familiar with Compassion International. And, and, and God starts stirring your heart. To, to leave the comfort of South, because not all India, I mean, I don't know if you have any familiarity with India, it's not all just poverty, right? There's like, there's some pieces of India that there's, there are places that have money and they're good, stable jobs, and it's not like you guys had had good jobs, that you had some, some comfort, and God started just showing you something. And so, you know, one of the, the things that stood out to me and Nana last year, and Brooks, um, at, I was moved by many things, just being in India, kind of being, um, in a different part of the world, seeing things that um, we don't just experience every day. And one of the, the things that really touched my heart was, uh, was being in the slums. And um, it, what, what hit me is that you two are holistically in your organization, and Sherbani and Pushbam, everyone, you're, um, you're holistically caring for people, right? And so um, 
we, we throw up that first picture. I think we showed some of these before. Maybe you've seen, but this is a picture of one of the, the slums. And it, it, just think about, maybe you've, you've seen a film, maybe you've visited a slum before, and essentially just a garbage dump in a lot of ways that people are living in. And um, show that next picture. In the middle of the, the, the slum is this water well that P.S. and J. Cherie built. Not like by themselves, right? Like you didn't dig it, but... Think about that in the middle of this garbage dump where, you know, how many people live in the slums? Do you know? Uh, it's more than uh, 600 to 800 people uh, live in a slum. Yeah, and so, uh, and how far did you say that they were walking to get clean water? Um, minimum of two kilometers that they have to walk to get a clean uh, water. Two kilometers. What's that conversion rate in America? Is that a mile? 5K? Mile and a quarter. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, cross country served you well, right? Not just in college. Uh, so, you know, they're walking that far just to get clean water. And, and so you go into the slums, you see this clean water well. Go to the next picture. This is what, what hit me, um, is that in the middle, all these, these kids were served this, this meal. It was um, vegetables and it was banana and just a piece of meat. And, um, and then Nana, we, we get some time with the kids and Nana's teaching these kids of this story and what they knew the story and it was beautiful because these kids were just holistically they were they were being given food they were being given water they were tasting the, the living water in Jesus and and what was it that 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 made you guys choose the slums like why the slums actually though we have started the program in the slum in the year 2009 but we have started the church in the year 2011 as we know that we are working for the holistic development of the community so we thought that without the spiritual development, the holistic part is not fulfilled. If we provide only cognitive, if we provide, if we take care only their physical side, if we take care only their social side, but if we own look the spiritual side, the holistic part is not fulfilled. Then we have started the church. This is not only the reason, but you know the people who live in the slum, they are so poor and nobody loves them. Nobody cared them. People are always looked down to them. And so to show the love of God to them, they are a person who loves them. He is none but Jesus Christ. They are a person, there is a person who cares for them, Jesus Christ. And there is no, there's no hope in their life. Since from morning till evening night, they drink alcohol, and just this, they, they spend their life. There's no hope for them. But we have hope in Jesus Christ. We thought that one and we have, we, have, we have started thinking that. If we could introduce Jesus in their life, they will get ultimate hope. Not only in this world, but even after the death, there's an eternal hope in this life. If nobody loves them in this world, but there's a person who came down for them and who loved them most. Though there is no, nobody takes care of them, but Jesus who cares for them. This is actually, we have started the programs, we have started the church for this reason in this slum. So you, you were saying this morning that at Hillsborough Village, you know, the, the, the sad situation is that many people that live in the slums, they just, especially the men, the husbands, they just wake up and they drink all day long. And it's just this like numbing. And we experience that here, right? Like um, people just turn to alcohol. Um, but you, 
what, what is so beautiful about what you two is you walk across this part of the city that everyone else in India overlooks. Like they don't care about the people there, but, but you cared. Like, and God cares about people. And, and the reality is that those dots don't get connected all the time. That all these people are living in this just sadness, this place where the only thing that they think they can do is just turn to alcohol. And then you come in and, and you give them like a listening ear. You show them that they matter. You're telling them about Jesus. Talk about, um, tell a story or two about um, some of the ways that just hope has come into the slums and, and, and the way that you've seen some, some transformation of people. I think one of the greatest things that we have seen uh, in slum when a family accepts Christ because there is so much difference that, uh, that can come to their life. There is so much changes that they can experience because uh, normally in a family, in a typical family, the men will drink the whole time, spend all the money and the women, uh, the wife will be alone working. Well, children will be just roaming here and there all the time and they will also start getting addicted uh, with tobaccos and many other things. And there will be no hope in their lives. There will be always fights with some short and silly reasons. And also there will be like a domestic violence. Is, it's very, very common. So every day the husband will come, beat the wife up, beat the children up. There is a mess. So we can see some of the families who are amazingly changed after accepting Christ. Uh, there is a family who started coming to, because they had no hope. So the women, uh, like the wife, first started coming to our adult literacy class because she was so much uh, in uh, despair and so much in disappointment, she started coming there, and from there, uh, the pastor there started praying with her and started visiting her house. And when she started visiting her house, then eventually she met uh, her husband, who used to drink alcohol. And she said she offered her, him to come one day to church. So as a family started coming to church, and as the word of God started working in their lives, we could see a slowly a change started coming in husband's life. He started, first of all, reducing drink and after some time stopped drinking. That actually uh, gave them much better life, first of all, because there was no fights were happening. There, uh, there was uh, no um, unrest in the families. And slowly when they started coming to church, after receiving Christ, I mean, just um, coming there, they received so much of peace and joy in the heart because they are rejected. Usually, like uh, people in slum are looked down upon. They, don't, they are not cared. They are not loved. But when they came to know that there is someone, uh, irrespective of uh, how much money they have or the position they have, they still love them, that made a big change in their heart and then after some time almost a year or so they have taken baptism after they have taken baptism there is an immense like a change that came in family's life they received it is not that in one day they had a two-storied building and they uh, they had all their desires fulfilled but they had so much peace joy and love in their heart that have given them so much satisfaction about their life 
which they were complaining before, that gave them so much joy and slowly we could see in a, another two years time, they had five uh, children. So out of them right now, like all, four of them are already in a dream home, like two in boys home and two in girls home. And one is already admitted in a school, but next year she will be joining dream home. So slowly, slowly we could see uh, a family who could have been completely ruined their lives. Children had no hope. They actually started, even the children started um, drinking alcohol and uh, being uh, like they were really uh, very aggressive. But now we could see how God has kneaded this family together and they, are, they really have so much joy and peace now in their heart. And uh, now uh, one of uh, their daughter, this year, just a few days back, have taken baptism. And she was the first one uh, from our Dream Home Girls who has decided herself, saying that if Jesus was not there, our lives wouldn't have been the same. So I wanted to decide and follow Christ. So she was the one who have uh, this year, few days back, taken baptism. So that's yeah, amazing, yeah. You know, so I, I hear many things that you're saying, what you just shared, but one of the things is just the power of, of what happens when we actually care about the people that we pass and we don't, we don't um, choose to just turn away from and ignore the hard things in life, but when we stare harder and we move in closer and because you two are willing to go, hey, there's, there's this huge area that has overlooked these people and we wanna get right in the middle of it. We don't wanna just stand on the outside. We wanna sacrifice and move in. Because of that, people's lives are literally being changed. And I just was reminded of how, what happens when, when we do that. Like when we choose not to, to turn away from the hard things in, in this life, the things that aren't pleasant to look at, but when we look at it and we decide as the people of God to move in, that people, actually find true life. They find hope in Jesus. And they're, the fact that this young girl just gave her life to Jesus in baptism, the, the dad's not drinking, is, is a testimony to the Lord. But it's a testimony to the Lord's work in you, right? That so often we just expect, hey, someone else can do it. But what is so outstanding about you is you said, no, we want to be the ones through which his love can flow. Um, you know, the, the slums are a part of what they're doing, but it's by no means even compares to the fullness of, of what these two are, are doing in the kingdom in India. And so uh, one of the things that we got to be a part of last year was the spiritual retreat. And so eight different churches from all over uh, the Kolkata area, you know, a couple hours apart, they would come together for the spiritual retreat. We throw up the, uh, I think, skip the next picture, but the next two are from kind of the spiritual retreat. And so um, this one and then the next one, and what was so amazing about the church family is that they loved the Lord. You could tell it, that they would come into his presence and there was just this excitement to worship. Uh, there was this excitement to be together that, that they would sit on the floor. You know, the, the women and the children, some of the men would sit on the floor for hours and they would stop for tea break which we need to adopt tea break here in America. Like we've got to, they're doing some good things there. And, and, and they would come back and it was instantly like, let's go, let's get back into his presence. Let's, let's worship, let's, you know, let's, let's hear the scriptures. And there was just this hunger for, for God and there's this desire to, to be together. And you just, you stand and you're like, man, this is what the family of God's supposed to be like. Like 
you know, they're not itching to get away from each other. They're sad when they have to leave. And, and, and I was so moved by this. But the reality is that, that this is what the Christians were experiencing. This is what you're experiencing. But that is not the, the culture in Kolkata, right? That, that the majority of people are, are not Christian, right? The majority of people are Hindu or they're, they're something different. So will you can just kind of give us a little insight what it's like to be a Christian in a Hindu country? That's very unfamiliar to us. Um, well, being a Christian in a country like uh, where most of the people are Hindus, are, uh, they still consider Christianity as a Christians as a foreign uh, god, worshipping a foreign god. And when you uh, take baptism or when you receive Christ, then you are rejected by the society because they are no longer going to have good relation with you. They are no longer, even sometimes the families, they will abandon their daughters or sons just because they have accepted Christ. So they... Uh, especially Hindus, uh, they are, they are um, uh, very used to worship many gods. So they are, until and unless we say uh, that Jesus is the only way, they are okay. So they can worship, they can put their pictures uh, among with their idols, and they are okay with thinking that Jesus is one of the gods, because they anyway, million of gods they worship. So one of the gods is fine. But when they have a problem when we say that Jesus is the only way. So a lot of people uh, actually face persecution, rejection, humiliation, and they are, they are humiliated when they, they start uh, following Christ. One of the lady, I just um, remember her, uh, she was from the slum, and she wanted to take baptism, and uh, she... She was forced by her husband, and her husband beaten her so badly. And she said, if today, he said, today if you go for taking baptism, I am going to break both of your legs, and you, you are going to sit forever in, in the house. So on that particular time, on that day, she was not able to, because she was beaten so badly, but she was so upset because she really loved the Lord. And she was very, very disappointed that she was not able to uh, get baptism. But I think when you were there the last year, Uttara, uh, the last year, uh, it was two years almost back. But the last year, when um, the group from Ethos Church were there, and uh, the, the theme was even uh, fear, uh, fear to freedom. The, that was the topic. And that made her not to tell even her husband, but to take an instant decision of taking baptism. So she was baptized by uh, uh, Brandon, uh, Nana, and Brooks, like there. She was baptized, and she said that I no longer even think, I, I know what is waiting for me. I will go to my home. I will be beaten so badly, but I don't care because I have Jesus in my life. So... So it's difficult. The Christianity definitely is difficult. But there is so much joy. I, I feel the more persecution can bring uh, people so much close to God and can experience the greatest wonder work the Lord can do. Like the more persecution that we uh, receive, the more uh, work of God and hand of work, uh, like a God's hand we could see in our lives. And so, you know, when we were in India, 
one of the things that stood out is that there, there's just this acceptance of like thousands of gods, millions of gods in the Hindu religion. And it, they don't even know all the gods that they're worshiping. And um, as Christians in India, they're, they're not okay with like, um, not okay with just being a part of what is culturally relevant. And you understand, no, when it, it's going to be much harder when I take on Jesus as Lord, when he becomes my personal savior and my, the one I'm following. And there's so many costs to that. And, and you two didn't have the, um, you're not first generation Christians. Your parents were both Christians before you. But P.S., you were telling me about your dad. Will you just just kind of talk about how this has affected your family, uh, how it's impacted you, just kind of firsthand, your dad making the choice to follow Jesus? Yeah, you know, the province where we are coming from is a not even one person Christian. So when my dad had taken decision to accept Christ, literally he was thrown out from the family. He slept on the road, but the good thing is he didn't deny Christ. The decision what he has taken to follow Jesus and left home. He left home. He had house. He had property. But my grandmom and my uncle, they didn't give anything to him. But it doesn't matter for him. But the blessings what he has received, not to denying Christ. Today I am here, dear brothers and sisters with my family. What I believe that, if we denied that day, today I would not be here with you. And I would not get this many family members with us who pray for us, who love us, who work alongside us. This is the Christianity. Not only my dad condition, but if we accept Christ, you have to pay the cost. Many of our church members, the area where we work, the first generation actually come to know the saving knowledge of God. Nobody is there in Christ, know the Christ, about Christ. So when they have decided to accept Christ, from the community, they won't allow them to take water from the water tap. They have disconnected this electricity line. But that won't matter for us. For us, Jesus is the ultimate. Because we know our ultimate hope in the life is not here in this world. But it is the eternal hope we got through Jesus Christ, the salvation. Though our people are ready to take cross than to compromise with the world. In the year 2011, when we have started the program in one of our projects, the, the village name Betiari, the area called Nalpur. When we first started the church, whole community came against us. Whole of community, they have put posters against us and they have started telling so many things. Many times they came, they have threatened us. Whole village against us and they asked us to stop the church. Believe me, dear friends. We never stop single day in the church there in the community. Till today, every Sunday, we do have church. We, we do have children program. We do have youth program and all other Christian activity. One of our church members, he has donated a piece of land there for our burial ground. 
But the community didn't allow us to use this, burial, this land for the burial ground. One day they called us for a meeting. Both of us, along with some of our church member leaders, we went there. And they have started threatening us. They have started all these things, telling us. And at last they have told, we'll allow you to use this burial ground. First, we'll bury both of you. We told, okay, we are ready to do it. This is the cost we have to pay in daily. But what we believe that when all these circumstances come in our life, all the rejection, all the tortures, we actually feel free. We actually feel very joy in our hearts. We thought that, Lord, thank you that we are going through all these difficulties in our life because our reward is in heaven. And the one day when we'll die, when we'll go to heaven, he will tell, come my faithful servant. You didn't deny us. You didn't deny me in this world. So take these things. So this is the life. We need to go and listen to what he just said there on the podcast like a hundred times the rest of the day. Um, in our culture where it is so easy to just just coexist and just whatever feels right and who and and you see our brothers and sisters that go, man, we would rather we'd rather be put in the ground than a compromise for Jesus. And they've come to experience something in Jesus that is that is real, that is worth dying for. I don't know if you heard what he was saying, that, that they were given a piece of property. The whole community comes out and says, you're not building a church here. If you do, we're going to put you in the ground. We're going to kill you. And they show up every Sunday. If that's what you're going to do, that's fine. Because they've come to understand that the gospel isn't just something that Jesus, isn't just something that just impacts them, but that if, that, that if more people can understand this, that these people who are just trapped in this cycle of Hinduism and, 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 and they don't know the living God, and, and if they can come to know him, their life will be better. And so you have a man and a woman and their family and their whole churches that just go, whatever it costs us, Jesus, we're in this with you. And we have something to learn. We have something to learn there about where our real allegiance is. We care more about what people think about us. Do we care? Do we actually acknowledge that the living God has eyes on us at all times, that he sees the things that we do? And, and for you to have such integrity to say, hey, we would rather be put in the ground than to compromise. It's like, whoa, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You know, we, I wish we could, we could interview all day. You guys are amazing. Um, but we need to go to Hillsborough Village and uh, let them benefit from you as well. And so I, just one last question for you. Um, you know, what, what is it that you hope God does through you? Like when you pass from this life, when you take your last breath, what, what do you hope to have done? Um, we surely uh, know that one day we have to uh, leave this world, but we do not want our work to be stopped. So all the, we, we want to have the Timothys like the slum, in the slum, the people taking baptism, the villages, the people who are coming to Christ will be the Timothys who will carry forward the baton which we pass in their lives. Because the greatest a gift to someone I feel in the life that we could give is the life to, to uh, introduce them to Jesus and have uh, abundant uh, life as a gift. So definitely we want... Uh, all our next generation people to carry forward the same, uh, with the same passion 
the work that we have started. And we want to be called as uh, repairers of uh, broken walls, restorer of the street with dwellings. And we want to be fireflies. Now, we, we can't change India, but what we can, if we do that, if we do our part, and if everyone does the part, then there is so much that we could achieve. Uh, so our hope is that the work of, for which have started for the Lord will, will be continued by the people who are now coming to know Christ. And, and I love that, that so often we think about our lives and what is it we want to accomplish, what is it we want to do, what is it we want to be about. We, we stop at us. We're like, man, we want to have done this and we want to, but you, you know the work of Christ has really taken root in your heart when you're thinking about the world after you. And to hear you say, I hope that the things continue in the slums long after we're gone, that kid, kids keep being fed, that the gospel keeps being preached, that the ones that are coming to know Jesus turn around and, and keep being the, the gospel heralds, if you will. And, and the, the vision that you have for your lives is why we love being your brothers and sisters. It's why it's such a joy to link arms with you in the kingdom. You have no idea how much your, your courage and your faith and um, just who you are is impacting us as a church family. And, and I hope that every single one of you get to go and visit them one day. And I hope you get to, to, to hear Pius preach. The guy's got passion. And I hope you get to, to, to listen to Jay Sheree lead worship, the way that she calls people into the presence of God. And, and I just... Uh, I want to just be around you too. I really do. That I'm excited about this next like week and getting to spend time with you more. And so, um, what I want to do in just a minute, I'm going to let invite you to pray for us. But I want to. We're going to take communion. We do this every Sunday. We take a piece of bread. We drink a cup of juice, and we do this to remember Jesus. And I want to just invite you as you're taking communion with the people around you this morning to just share. Hey, what spoke to your heart this morning? What was it about what they said that that connected with you? Um, and then, what is it that God might be inviting you to do with that? And then I want to invite us out of that communion time to spend some time just praying for, for our brothers and sisters in India. And so let, let's, as we gather around the table with Jesus, let's, let's gather with our Indian brothers and sisters and lift them up before the Lord. And so, um, Pius, would you mind praying for us? And then we need to go. But I would love for you to pray. And uh, so if you guys want to say bye to them, you can come on the way out. Or you can follow us in your car to Hillsborough Village and, and hang out with us. But, but I'd love for you to pray for us. Yeah, before I pray, on behalf of our church member as well as all the children, I'd like to take the opportunity to express my gratitude to all of you for your continuous support since from last 2011, when nobody has visited. None of you have visited, but just you believe us and you have sent your support. And from 2011 till date, our partnership is growing. So what we believe that we cannot do anything by our own. God has given us different responsibilities, but we are working for the one purpose. So thank you so much for your support, especially in the year 2016-2017, when we are going through a very tough time. During that time, Ethos Church was with us. Therefore, we are really grateful to you for your love, for your commitment, for your sacrifice, for your support, for the extension of God's kingdom in our region. So please do visit us and continue to pray for us as you are working for the extension of his kingdom. We'll pray. 
our dear god heavenly father lord though our language is different though our color is different though it stays a uh, miles beyond each other but i thank you that we are serving a true living god we are in the member of one family thank you so much lord that you have introduced it who's with seed for the extension of your kingdom the people who do not have any hope in their life the children who born in slum who do not know what to have food what to go for education but you brought it host with us and thank you lord for the partnership that we have started in the year 2011 lord i am so grateful to you and i am so grateful for the leadership of this host and the, all the members those who are here or those who have generously sent their support to us lord i commit each one of us that you are working for the same cause and i know that one day when we will die we'll go to the heaven and our reward is in heaven lord thank you so much lord the opportunity that you are given us to come and visit our friends our family members who really love us lord i commit them and the money what they have sent to india slum and the village people let the life is transformed through this money thank you and praise you for everything what you have done doing and going to do for our people in jesus precious and holy name i pray amen amen thank you ps